Thank you, choir. Thank our praise team and all of you for taking part in worship this morning. And so I'm glad you were able to come and participate. If you would, take your Bibles, please, and turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1. In just a few minutes, we'll be reading from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and then Psalm 63 and then some other selected passages along the way. And so uh, I hope you brought your Bibles and... Um, be able to follow along. This morning I want us to continue with our theme of sanctification, a word meaning to be set apart. Same word used uh, as holy. The word holy means to be set apart. And so when a person comes to Christ, when a person is saved, they're sanctified, they're set apart, they're holy. Uh, doesn't mean they're perfect. It means that they're set apart for the master's use and they are to become more like him. So there is a positional sanctification where we're sanctified, we're positioned, set apart, made holy, set apart for God to use. And then there's progressive sanctification where we become more like Jesus. And so that's what we're to be doing while we're here on this earth is becoming more like Jesus. And so thus the sermon title this morning is Becoming More Like Jesus in my spiritual passion, more like Jesus in my spiritual passion. You look at that glass there, and it may be half full, or we want it to be full when we're talking about spiritual passion. We want our life to be just running over with spiritual passion. I, I want to pastor a church that's passionate for Jesus. I want to pastor a church and want to lead a church to be just full of spiritual passion. And so we want to think along that line this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. Therefore, read now the New King James. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. One word you need to underline in that verse particularly is stir. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. Now, that word stir means to be rekindled. It means to rekindle. It means to reignite. It has the image of a fire that's kind of going out, and all of a sudden you add more wood to it, and it begins to burn bright again. Uh, it, it gives, uh, it gives the, the picture and the image of, of it reigniting something that has completely, almost perhaps, or completely gone out. So we're talking about today of examining our passion, our spiritual passion, not just passion. We're going to see there's different kinds of passion, but our spiritual passion, our godly passion as a Christian... Where you are in regards to your passion today for the Lord? Where were you at one time compared today? On a scale from 1 to 10, how would you judge your spiritual passion? Now, all of us are passionate about something. So what is your passion? If I went around the room and said, what is your passion? Uh, you would share things like football is my passion, you know. You'd say, I like football. Men and women, they love football. You've got your passion for football, maybe Auburn football, maybe Alabama football, Tennessee football, Georgia Tech football, 
Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Some of you are so passionate, perhaps about football. You know the stats. You know the team roster. You know the recruiting. You know who, what stars, what player, if he's second star, if he's third star, five star. You know all of that. I know I have friends that are so passionate about football. Yours may be football. Or yours may be, you know, may be passionate about hunting. You know, I have a lot of friends. Some of you are avid hunters and men and women you know men and women passionate about hunting you know they just go all out about hunting maybe fishing go all out about fishing maybe animals you know animals are becoming real passionate with people now especially dogs and cats and and you see all these animals these uh, tv hosts have on in the early morning they talk about their dogs and they talk about their cats and and i had a dog and cat but i you know i like my dog and cat when i had one but Old Butch, his name was Bill, and he was a sheepdog, and I liked old Bill, but we had to change his name to Butch because Daddy's name was Bill, and Mama would say, Bill, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock you off this porch if you don't get off the porch, and we changed his name because my dad's name was Bill, and close neighborhood, everybody thought she was hollering at Dad. So I had old Butch, alias Bill, I guess, and some, some are passionate about golf. And there's nothing wrong about being passionate about these things. So what is passion? Let me give you just a little definition of passion. Passion is a powerful emotion. Passion is a powerful emotion. Passion is what causes us to, to yell at a TV during a ball game. That's passion. We're passionate about, about uh, football or baseball or basketball and that passion comes out and we yell at the tv passion is what causes us to to take care of a sick animal you know we're passionate now we're compassion uh compassionate about animals but we're also passionate to the point that that we go all out if our animal is sick and we take it you know i was talking to my cousin the other day and she carried hers to the uh dog dentist or i guess a veterinarian that works on teeth and and she had, you know, he's doing good. He had his teeth cleaned. He's good, passionate about the animals. That's, that's okay. So we have passions, uh, these different types of passion. But the point is we have all this passion. There's a lot of passion in sports and animals and hobbies. But as a pastor, as an under-shepherd of a church, what really concerns me, is the lack of spiritual passion for God and the things of God among God's people. That concerns me. The lack of spiritual passion. Not the lack of passion. We have it in all types of areas. But the lack of spiritual passion. Let me tell you something. There's a difficult time right now for a lot of churches a lot of churches have plateaued. A lot of churches have closed their doors. But long before the attendance began to drop, and long before the finances began to dwindle, and long before the classes began to combine, and long before the teachers became difficult to find, and long before the choir loft was difficult to fill, and, and long before the church began to plateau, and long before the church closes its door, there's this potential parasite that will eat at the body of believers and it is a lack of spiritual passion. And all of the above takes place because of lack of spiritual passion. 
So this morning, as a gospel preacher, as a pastor of a church, and with all love, hear me what I say, and you know I know everybody has their passion, I have my passion, but really, as a pastor, I really could care less about how passionate you are about the things of the world, because really, in the long run, that doesn't matter. I have never sung the Auburn fight song carrying my child to an emergency room. There's some things you're passionate about that just don't matter. And there are other things that we're lacking in passion, spiritual passion, for instance, godly passion, which should be the most important passion we have while we're on this earth. So I'm concerned about your passion for God. Glad you're enjoying life. Like to hear about it. And I'm glad you have those passions, but keep them in restraint, or they'll eat away at the most important passion you should have, and that's your spiritual passion. So I'm concerned about your passion for your God, your Savior, your spiritual gift, your discipleship, your passion in serving, your passion as a teacher, your passion as a deacon, my passion as a pastor. So the question is, does your spiritual passion need reigniting, rekindling? Does it need stirring? The definition of spiritual passion or godly passion is an intense driving or an overmastering feeling for the things of God. That's the definition of spiritual. Something that is something that is driving you, something that is mastering you for God and for the things of God. Zeal. You see, zeal in the Bible, zeal and passion are used interchangeably in the Bible. God is referred to as a zealous, passionate God. Now, we begin Grow Outreach in April, and uh, we're concerned about lost souls. That should be a, one of our spiritual passions, to see people come to Christ. That was a passion that Jesus had. Jesus had a passion for the lost. Now we can have grow and we can have faith and we can draw circles, the new thing out. We can draw conversational circles and, and lead people to Christ. And we can have all the tools to share the gospel. The church can go with the expense and furnish all the training and all the tools but there is an ingredient that you must provide, and that is passion, spiritual passion. Or none of that is worth nothing. Nothing. Listen to what Psalm 126, verse 5 says. Psalm 126, verse 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. What does that mean? Those that sow in tears shall reap in joy. That te those tears speak of a, a broken heart, 
of spiritual passion. Imagine that. Weeping over someone to come to know Christ. That's passion. Spiritual passion. I like what Johnny Hunt said. And by the way, Johnny Hunt has resigned Woodstock Baptist Church. Been there for, I guess, 25 years plus. And now he is the Senior Vice President of Evangelism and Leadership for, uh, for the North American Mission Board. And he was on the, there was an article in there about him I read last week in regards to something he said about evangelism. And he included passion. This is what he said. Listen, I'll quote. He said, you can have the tools. That's what I was thinking of. You can have the tools, but you are probably not going to care enough to use them unless you really have a heart to see people come to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when I have spiritual passion, that changes me. And when I have spiritual passion, that changes you. It kind of rubs off. And when we have spiritual passion together as a church, then we can see people changed as we carry the gospel to them. Now Jesus, he had, he had passion. He had evangelistic passion. Jesus had passion for the church. Luke chapter 19, Luke 19, listen to what he says in Luke 19, verse 45. He comes to the temple, he went into the temple, he, been, he began to drive out those who bought and sowed in it, saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And so he had passion for the church, where he, the synagogue where he attended, but then he had passion for prayer. He had this passion so he had spiritual passion for prayer, spiritual passion for Bible reading, spiritual passion for church attendance, attended the synagogue, spiritual passion for serving, spiritual passion for giving. So the point is, if you want to become more like Jesus, if I want to become more like Jesus, we have to ask God to restore our spiritual or reignite our spiritual passion. Now, first of all, why have you lost passion for God? Let's look at this just a moment. Why have I lost my passion, Brother Sammy? Well, A, if you're taking notes, I believe it's on the screen, <clears throat> the definition, what causes us? A, not prioritizing God first in our life. What's your priorities? The reason you may not have this burning passion is because perhaps you, you, your priorities are not right. Listen, if you will, at Matthew 6, You perhaps know it by heart. It says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He talks about where and where you're going to live and what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat. And he talks about don't worry. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all those things you tend to worry about will be provided for you. And so it may be, if you've lost your passion, spiritual passion, it may be that you need to get some priorities in order. You're focusing on the world and not on the kingdom. Seek ye first the world. No, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Is that all? No, His righteousness. That's first. Read an illustration about an entrepreneur this great entrepreneur was asked by a reporter, says, what's your 
greatest regret in life. This is what he said. He said, I didn't spend much time with my family. I'm going to tell you something. If you're not spending much time with your family, you're sure not spending much time with God because God tells you how to spend time with your family. But that was his regret. So your number one priority in your life, jot it down if you're confused about it, should be God first. You say, Brother Sammy, how in the world I dare you to say anything that God should be before my family? I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Luke chapter 14. Listen to what he says in Luke chapter 14. If anyone come to me and does not hate his father and mother. Now that word hate here means to think less of. If anyone comes to me and does not think less of his mother and father than me, Jesus. If they come to me and think not less of their mother and father, even their wife, even their children, their brothers, their sisters, even their own life, if they come to me and do not think less of everyone else, if they don't put me first, they cannot be my disciple. That's what Jesus said. So what's your priorities? God first, family, church, work. Now I know the society we live in, we have a blend of, of work and church. Notice Greg walked by a few minutes ago and he's at work today. Some of you have to work. I know Chris and Brother Rod and the others have to swap out working Sundays. I understand that. That's not what I'm talking about. There's other times to, to come in, and that happens here. And people, people come in and serve that day that they have off. Or they had to work, excuse me. But that's priorities. That's biblical priorities. God, family, church, work. Can you imagine what it would be like if the school had to call us to, to arrange scheduling for basketball and football practice simply because no one would show up for Mountain View Baptist Church if it was on a Wednesday night? you imagine that? That's the way it's supposed to be. At one time, it used to be that way. No games on Wednesday night. No practice on Wednesday night. But that's, that's that they, you know, that's, they don't care about that now. Why is that? Because it don't matter to us. That's why. So why have you lost your passion? Number one, not putting God first. Number two, not cultivating your spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Read that chapter. All of us, you're well aware, been given a spiritual gift. Verse 7 simply says the gifts are given by the manifestation of the Spirit to profit each other. Not to profit you, not to benefit you, but to benefit the church family. That guy yesterday came in and brought two pecan pies. Out of, out of town for the, for the fellowship, I mean, for the family meal. He came in, close friend of Tim's. He said, Brother Sammy, he said, I never met him, talk, spoke to him on the phone. He came by the church, came out pie in each hand. He said, I want to bring these pies. He said, I want to lead these pies. Tim and I ate lunch together every day for years and years, and I want to bring these pies. I said, okay. So he set them in the counter. 
I said, well, where, where do you, where do you, he said, God's been so good to me. I said, where are you attend church? He said, I don't go to church. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, I've never been able to, I've never been able to be around people that much. He talked a little while, and I know why now. And he said, um, but I want to bring these pies. I know I need to be in church. I said, yeah, you know why? You have spiritual gifts for the church. Are you saved? Have you ever asked Christ to save you? He said, yes, I've been saved. But, you know, I just can't connect with the church. I said, listen, you have a spiritual gift. I've noticed it already. You have a gift of ministry. You, you're sitting here with two pies. For nothing else, why don't you find a congregation and start a pie ministry when somebody dies? My goodness, think what that would do. He burst out and started crying. I said, and we had prayer. And I'm saying, I'm praying that you'll find a church somewhere. It may be your spiritual passion is not what it should be because you're not using the gifts that God has blessed you with. And then an unresolved conflict with people. If you won't throw cold water on your spiritual passion, you just get aggravated and mad at somebody and not reconcile with them. I'm going, to tell, I'm going to share three spiritual passions that kill three, let me say, three passions that are killed by these emotions. Number one, resentment. Resentment will kill spiritual passion. Jealousy, it will destroy spiritual passion. Prolonged anger, it will destroy spiritual passion. Simply put, if you have hurt feelings, hard feelings, you don't need to be worshiping here this morning till you go get that worked out, and you need to come back after that and worship. Jesus said it this way, If you bring your gift to the altar and there you remember that your brother has aught against you, go and find your brother, reconcile with him, and then come and offer your gift. I was praying just a few days ago, and I said, God, how long do I have to feed the meat and the milk of the Word to those who have never accepted that a Christian is to forgive people. There's one way you know that you are born again, and that is you forgive. Christians forgive. Remember that. If you want to find out if you're saved or not, check your forgiveness. They shall know you because you love one another. So why have you lost your godly passion? How do you restore it? Let's look at this real quick. Examine your heart. Look at it right now. Examine your heart. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 just simply says to, to examine your heart. Listen to what it says. 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourselves as to whether you're in the faith Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Examine your heart. Are you, do you have unconfessed sin in your life? Is there anger in your life toward anyone? Any unforgiveness toward anyone? You need to go and seek reconciliation. Why is that? Your spiritual passion needs to be reignited. You'll never have it until you take care of that. Examine your heart. Number two. <clears throat> set at the feet of Jesus. 
sat at the feet of Jesus. Remember Mary and Martha? Mary, Martha was real busy. She was distracted. She was preoccupied with so many things in the kitchen. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to every word. If you want a strong spiritual passion for the, for the Lord, for God, and the things of God, then read your Bible, study your Bible, enroll in a Sunday school class, a discipleship training, whatever. Sit at the feet of Jesus. You'll never have a spiritual passion not knowing the Word of God. Number three, remember what God did, or see, remember what God did for you in the past. Remember what God's done for you. So the point is, when you begin to forget what God has done for you in the past, your passion's going to diminish, and it's eventually going to die because you've forgotten how great God is. Let me close with this. When you remember what He's done, then you'll begin to praise Him for it. You'll have some passion about you. And alas, remember the passion you had for the Lord that when you got saved. Remember that? Oh, you're so excited. I was. I know you were too. You told everybody and invited people to your baptism, and you were so excited. Go back. Relive that passion. I'm going to tell you something. Christian, a Christian life without passion is like a river without water. Godly passion energizes the Christian life. Uh, it's godly passion that, that caused the disciples to follow Jesus. It was godly passion which encouraged Peter to step out of the boat it was godly passion that, that allowed Paul to be the missionary that he was. Went all over the known world at that time. And so God has the passion to save you. But here's a big question. Do you have enough spiritual passion to follow him? How's your passion? Not just any passion. But how is your spiritual passion for God and the things of God? You can ignite that today. You can meet God right here at this altar. And I'll tell you what, you say, well, Brother Sammy, I'll just sit right here. If I was just dry as a dry riverbed, you've sat there long enough. I'd get down here and I'd meet him down here. Ignite that passion. Be a part of a church. Let's be a church that has godly passion for evangelism, for serving, for, for Bible study, for discipleship. And when you have it, someone else will catch it, and then we'll see a world. We'll see our community. There'll be a difference in our community. We can have all the tools. We can. We can have all the tools. But, uh, but the key to the tools are in these seats. And without the passion, the tools aren't any good. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, thank you for the challenge this morning. And I thank you, Lord, for reminding us the passion, God, that you had 
Oh my goodness, Lord, you followed us and followed us and convicted us and convicted us and you wanted to see us saved. You still do. There's none that you want to perish and that's all about godly passion. And Jesus, the passion he had for the lost and how he wept over Jerusalem and, Father, how he ministered to those that he came in contact with simply out of passion, godly passion for them. And, we, and I'm guilty, Father. I pass by people all the time. Help me, Lord, today to, to recommit myself, ask you to reignite that passion in my life. Father, that I won't be no dry riverbed. Lord, that I'll be sold out to you and be passionate for you and the things of God. Be with us as we have our invitation. I pray that people will come spend time with you and, and recommit themselves. Ask you, Lord, to revive them, to rekindle them, to restore them, to reignite them with godly passion. Use us, I pray, as a church, Lord. Please, you raised us up for a purpose. We can't do it without the passion. And give us that passion, I pray. I pray for those here who've never trusted Christ that today they'll come and be saved. Help us to examine our hearts, see if we'd be in the faith. And then, Father, I pray if we are, to commit ourselves to godly passion. In Jesus' name, amen.